0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am the Stanton, the really brady, real estate brat. We got Reginald Perriman, Master Sensei, Shaka um, Williams, uh, the real estate guru extraordinaire, and James Tveggia, Uh We're going to call you the master of the Southeast in mortgages. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> bit different. I feel like, you know, we need to break the ice, have a little bit of fun. And um I don't know, I'm in a silly mood, so y'all gotta bear with me today. Just All what right. it is. Freestyling on the mic.
1: All right.
2: Cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: James, tell us a little bit about about yourself and how you got started.
2: Okay. Um so I went to Walsh for finance and my best friend at the time was working at a place called Rock Financial. Oh, and okay. I was terrified, because I had cousins that went to school, graduated earlier, couldn't find jobs, and they're like, you got to get something in your industry. you got to get some kind of a job having to do with finance. No idea what Rock Financial was, but my buddy was working there. I had a car, a house. I'm trying to bring pop cans back to the store to fit my <laughs> gas tank at the time, and uh, I just got into a conversation about what he was doing and how he had done so well for the years that we had kind of been apart, and told me, hey, I work at Rock Financial, I'll get you an interview. No idea what I was interviewing for. I just showed up, scared, <laughs> as possibly could be, and uh, I must have had a little bit of charm because the guy that I met with, gentleman by the name of John Jurkovic, um, he was the DVP for their Farmington Hills location, and uh, he hired me, kind of hired me on the spot, and, uh, and that's really how I got into it. June 2004, there was 100 people in my training class, so it was uh, it was crazy, but I uh, I figured out that I loved it right away. I finished top in my class, Sweet. and uh, I've been working my tail off ever since, but All yeah, right. it's actually June 4th, which is today. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. yes. Yep. Yep. No,
0: tomorrow's June 4th. Yep. Saturday, yep. June 4th. Today's tomorrow's Friday,
2: June 3rd. 18-year anniversary as hmm. a mortgage professional. Wow. Okay. Yep. So you... You went to
1: school for finance, right?
2: I went to school for finance and ended up doing something that requires really not any kind of formal (laughs) education, per se. Right. A little bit of crazy to do what I do at a high level is really what it takes. Good with numbers. And not just (laughs) school.
3: He went to a—that's a high-level school for for Mm -hmm. a business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Private college. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. The reason I brought that up, and you mentioned it, so a lot of loan reps and realtors— they get in because the barrier of entry is so low, mm-hmm. and rarely do you find an actual loan rep that went to school for mm-hmm. finance, mm-hmm. and you're trusting them with all your financial well-being pretty much to mm-hmm. get that loan. So that's good.
2: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was uh, it was an eye opener. I right. just I like people. My whole family has a history in sales. My dad okay. was a VP for Art Van, forty oh, plus sweet. years with the company. Right. That's really why the guy hired me. He started getting into my family background. Mm-hmm. And even though I didn't know a dang thing about mortgage, <laughs> he's like, well, you seem pretty likable. Right. And you're going to school to learn about money and your parents. Right. Well, family have a history of sales. They gave me a shot. And I just, I love people. I love numbers. I like complex situations. I like figuring it out. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a pretty, right. it's it's a pretty good financial <laughs> career too, right?
2: I mean, it's... Hey, <laughs> hey, I mean, it pays, the money's not bad. It pays the bills. It right. definitely pays the bills. So
0: That's what are good. you doing now um, these days? Okay, so you, you started in 2004, yep. which was about four years before everything went to shit. Yep. And, and when that happened, what did you do?
2: Uh, panic, like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Kept my head down, though. Um, so I was, part of, uh, I was part of a team at Quicken at the time where we had to, they called it the war room, and we had to go in and try to take all these non-saleable loans, all these option arms and interest-only and stated income, and ultimately we were trying to create new loans that were insurable and that the stock market, well, mortgage-backed securities that they could pack up and actually sell. So that was kind of a unique thing, because you're calling clients that just refinanced and you're trying to get them to go into a different mortgage and... I mean, it was tough, but HARP came in 2009, and it started out uh, 105%, you know, total combined loan-to-value, so we were able to start refinancing people that were underwater, and those guidelines continued to loosen up, and all of a sudden, it was a new wave of business. Explain HARP. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Home Affordable Refinance Program. Right. So loans that were ultimately insured and owned by Fannie and Freddie you were able to refinance those mortgages for those borrowers because rates had dropped significantly, but so at home values. So a lot of people that at one point in time had a significant amount of equity in their homes, no longer had equity. Right. And it started out light. Um, they owned the paper anyways. So I think they finally brightened up to the fact that, hey, we need to figure out a way to keep homeowners in their homes and we were ultimately, by the time Harp was said and done with, there was no equity restrictions. So you could refinance if they wow. were 200% backwards. <laughs> and then we, we just made a crushing in that market, quite frankly. And that's how, you know, we survived 2008, went to 2009. Um, 2009 was a really good year, 2010, 2011. And I would say probably somewhere between 12 and 13 is really when the purchase market came back. And I left Quicken in December of 2009. Um, I went to, at the time, it was National City. Within a week of me starting, it was acquired by PNC Bank. Oh, yeah. And it was a mess. (laughs) (laughs) And I had a year there where I was like, if this is mortgages, I don't think this is what I want to do. I mean, it was terrible. It's my first experience leaving a place that was very organized, a lot of tech,
1: um,
2: very, very structured, um, to a place where they just handed me a laptop and said, all right, good luck. It's like, (laughs) wait, what? structure (laughs) is
1: important. So you, you brought up a good point. So that time period between like 2008 mm-hmm. and everybody was panicking, right? Mm-hmm. But he said something that in 2009 was a great year. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't understand there's a lot of opportunity in a down market mm-hmm. like that. There's always one or two niches you can find and make good money in. Mm-hmm.
3: And his was refis. So, yes, yeah, refinances. So, so it somebody, wasn't a good year for everybody. It was a good year for people that was—it um, wasn't necessarily a good year for everybody in real estate. but He was in a certain but, niche. In on I? Yeah.
1: It's always a good market for somebody. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. You just got to—as a professional, you got to find Pivot. out where you're— your niche is. Mm-hmm. exactly yep so those refinances so someone um their balance is 200,000 their home is probably worth 140 at that time you were still able to refinance them mm-hmm. and maybe they were getting a lower rate or doing a loan mod so that they can afford to keep their home basically
2: precisely okay. yeah i didn't have anything to do with loan mods there was a lot a lot of financial institutions made those available but okay. we did an actual transaction and rates had gotten down at that point in time, I want to say probably low fours. Yep. Right. And, you know, people that were in the sixes, I mean, I lived through 6.875, seven and a quarter on a 30-year fix for a small amount of time there. So right. people were able to convert from 30s to 15s right. and have a comparable payment. Right. Um Save them hundreds of dollars on their current payment. I mean, we really kind of put a plug in the disaster by allowing people to stay in their homes and reducing the monthly payments. And then all of a sudden, because, I mean, at that point in time, it was like, well, heck, like you know, my next door neighbor just lost his house, but before he lost his house, he bought the other neighbor's house half off, <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. you know? So it was like, what what, what, what what? was the motivation, you know, to do that? People were literally buying new homes to let their existing home go. Yep. You get a slap on the wrist. If you're smart, most people filed for bankruptcy, absolved themselves from the debt. Obviously, right. there's a, you know, there's a financial um you know, time period that you have to go through, it's a little tough to get approved or anything. But if you already got the new house,
3: right? Your car and everything, right. yeah, getting credit get everything cards, first, you know? <laughs> yeah. You got, you got the, you neighbor's the bigger being, house for uh, half the payment, the you were price. floating up to
2: it, so right.
3: I got a question. So, mm-hmm. well, so do you see any similarities now to like 2007, eight, 2006 or seven ish?
2: Yes and no. Nothing like back then. Right. Like back then, if you had a, a heart, a pulse, and a credit score, here's a mortgage. I mean, it was right. ridiculous. Yeah, no, yeah.
3: That was the Wild West.
2: <laughs> right. Stated income, stated assets, no problem. It's Here, here's right. some money. Just had a score. Yes. yes yeah. Everyone. Right. You get an approval, you get an approval, you get an approval. Five approvals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can exactly. buy houses. I think, as of right now, it's a great thing to touch on Non-qualified mortgage products are making a return in a big way. Mm -hmm. That's the similarity, right? Yes. But it's not like it was. So bank statement loans are a hot topic right now for self-employed clients. Right. Um, My wife's self-employed. Most of you probably are self-employed. 1099 or you have your own business set up. Well, the point of being self-employed is to take advantage of every single one of those write-offs. Right. And if you're anything like my wife, (laughs) I mean, everything, everything. I get yelled at for paying anything if it ain't on a business card kind of a deal. So, uh, you know, the flip side is you're filing your tax returns. And this yeah. is what you're telling Uncle Sam you're making. But in the mortgage world, it's like, hey, no, 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 no. I do a little bit better <laughs> than this. Right. So they're coming out with creative ways to help people that are self-employed get mortgages where you still are qualifying the income, but not the standard conventional ways. Right. So so, exp- so you explained <laughs> it a little bit, but explain to them um, what you just... Non- so what I mean, what Non-QM, non-qualified mortgage. Right. So right. what
1: I'm hearing is similarity is... The programs are similar, but the qualification process is more strict now?
2: Yes. Compared
1: to back then?
2: Precisely. Okay. Yep. I think hard money is becoming a more accepted way of getting financing terms done as well. Not that that hasn't been around, but I think more people are getting into it from an investment standpoint, because the values just keep going up. Right. So if you've got maybe not the traditional... A way to be able to get credit. This is a way that you can get a loan where you still have some skin in the game from a down payment standpoint. And there's less risk because the collateral is something that's been appreciating now since really 2009, right? Um, but really appreciated in the past two years.
3: Yeah. What are those uh, mortgages or what are the loan values on those?
2: Um, so typically it, it has a lot to do with reserves, FICO score, But typically, you're going to be a minimum of 10% down on a program like that. 20% down is more favorable. And then we have a 12-month program and a 24-month program. So if we're collecting 24 months worth of statements, right, Mm -hmm. a little bit bit more of a law of averages used, considered less risk. So you're going to end up getting a little bit better pricing. But they literally take... A percentage of the deposits that are coming into your your account, your bank account, business account, right? And that is ultimately your qualified income. Okay. And we have other ones that there aren't restrictions on how many investment properties you own in finance. Right. Um, we have interest only coming back, um, yeah. which I don't think is I don't think it's a terrible thing used for the right purposes. Right. Like all of California is an interest-only yeah. loan because you can't afford the payment anyways. You can't get a one-bedroom <laughs> shack for less than seven hundred grand in most parts of California. Right.
1: Yeah. So and and then twenty percent down is not a bad thing, no. right? Mm-hmm. Like to be Dave York. Ramsey lived by it. You shouldn't buy it unless you can put twenty percent down. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you put twenty percent down? That's always the debate, right? Yeah. If you're yeah. a smart inv
3: if you're an investor, yeah. But if you're a typical homeowner. I, it's a lot of reasons why you
1: should, in my opinion. Yeah, it right, depends you should. on... Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends because what else could you do with that money? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I and, mean, those are the conversations that you have with, well, the client has with some sort of, you know, financial or advisor. advisor or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like you said, sometimes leaving the liquid, the cash liquid, could be better. Um, but if they don't necessarily know what they're going to do with it or if you're... So, like, um, I always tell the story about my oldest... When she was getting ready to buy her house, I knew that she was—they were going to blow the money. So put it into the house. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And since you put it into the house, now you have this crazy low payment that you can't even like. You know, you would never see it even in you know rent or mortgages at a low rate. Sure, so, you know. And Inequity, in equity. Right. especially right now.
3: Yeah. What are the rates looking like for those type of mortgages?
2: Um. So. You guys are going to kill me on this. Off the top of my head, no, you, you know, no, it's not, all good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to. I'm going to tell you a range. Typically, you're going to be anywhere between a point to a point and a half off of just standard insurable market. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So if I'm at five and a quarter, five and three eighths today, right. add anywhere between a point to a point and a half, depending on how many statements we're collecting, what that credit score is. Right. Uh, minimum FICO score requirement is a six eighty. Okay. Optimal would be seven forty plus. Yeah. And they're going to make adjustments to margin, which means higher rate uh, appropriate with, you know, whatever those different parts are. More of a down payment's always a little bit better of a rate. Right. Those types of things.
1: Hmm. So basically you're minimizing the risk. So um, they're paying a little bit higher rate of interest because they're not a conforming traditional loan. Precisely. And they're putting a higher down payment to minimize that Mm -hmm. risk. And they can't come in with the 620 credit score
2: in most, in most cases. Are right? you Correct. seeing the
0: um, buy-downs coming back at favorable terms?
2: I I refuse to, to believe in the buy-downs. Um, mm. Historically, I think in previous years, they've probably made sense. Um, I might be the only one that thinks this, but I, right. I actually i am not the only one that thinks this. <laughs> the smartest guy in mortgage, a guy by the name of Barry Habib, is who I got this from. But, quote-unquote, he says, we have not seen the lowest rates in U.S. history. And Mm. this is the guy that consults Fannie, Freddie, um, MBS Highway. He owns that company. I subscribe to him, so I get text messages before the market's going to take a dump, or if I know rates are going to get better, I'll hold off on a lock. But this guy Mm. is pretty much what we consider the mortgage guru of the world. Wow. And he said
3: it's going to get lower? I mean, it's lower than it was?
2: Yeah. Goodness. That's what he says. What's going um, to, what's
3: got, what causes that?
2: I, y'all, I, I, think we're, I think we're in a recession and nobody, nobody actually says it or realizes it yeah. yet. Mm, yeah. and I, it's not going to be anything like 2008, but we're in for some changes. I mean, they have to keep in, cr- increasing interest rates to keep inflation in check. Mm-hmm. They've been lending money for literally nothing. nothing. Right. Because you still get the tax write off on of that interest on top of paying a 2.5% interest rate. Right. So, If you want people to go back and invest in the bond market, you have to make the rate of return um, desirable, and the only way that the Fed can try to combat inflation is by increasing interest rates. So that's why you're seeing what you're seeing, and I think historically, I don't know if we've ever had this high of an increase as quick as it's it's happened. Exactly.
0: What do you think about um, currently, you know, is it a good idea, a bad idea to purchase? Or I think the question is more so like for the people who are kind of like, oh, we're just going to wait for the market to have a turnaround.
2: So whenever (laughs) I hear that, I think of... um I think of that Tom Brady meme. I don't know if you've seen it, but they post it all over real estate websites. Like uh, they say, I think I'm going to wait till the market crashes. And right. then you see like Tom Brady in every year <laughs> of football. Right. Like literally winning up to the year right. that like he retired and then came back. And right. um, I, I honestly. I don't think that real estate's going to come down drastically. I think the market is already kind of corrected itself. Yeah. It's still super busy. There's still more buyers for every, you know, home out there. Right. Like it's not one buyer to one house, right? Mm-hmm. There's probably still statistic statistically 4 to 5 buyers for every house on the market. Exactly. Um, price of material is outrageous. Right. Um, although the price of lumber has come down, it's still crazy in comparison to before COVID hit. So you have all these different you know, companies that had to shut down manufacturing. There's a shortage of goods, shortage of cars, shortage of everything. Right. Workers,
3: shortage of workers. Yeah, <laughs> workers. nobody <laughs> wants, to work. Nobody wants is, to work. That yeah. really is the issue. That's the That's what's really causing everything. Is the shortage of people, people, people working. Yeah. yeah, that's why we have a shortage of
2: everything else. I can't yeah. even rely on <clears throat> Chipotle for lunch anymore. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they just shut down because yeah. they don't have enough staff. Yeah.
1: Nobody mm. showing up is is crazy. Yeah, like we got yeah. it. Yeah, but then they all want mortgages. Imagine, <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, cash money. Right. Uh, gator boots with pimped out Gucci shoes. Right. <laughs> ain't yeah. got no job, right. but I'm still fly. <laughs> right.
2: Can't pay my rent. <laughs> <got> <laughs> all my money spent. Yeah. See, yep, there, there we go.
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> Raise the roof like from <laughs> right. <laughs> right. yeah.
2: No. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, okay. um,
0: we digress. So,
1: <laughs> what's funny is so you were, you said you started in 2004. Four. All right. 2004, you go through the whole cycle, and now we're here. Does it amaze you how many people were, like, going crazy because the rates went up to past 4%, reaching up to 5%? Because you remember when rates were much higher, right?
2: Oh, of course. Yeah. So— to me, this is this ain't bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what right. I want. Historically, it's still, yeah. it's still a little
0: It just rate. hurts a little bit. Like, even for me, for my, so, like, my personal story, like, you're doing my refinance, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Like, nine months ago, I could have gotten a 2.75 or 8 or something like that. Not even that
2: long ago. Yeah, not yeah. even that long ago. November, that's when they changed. That's when they started getting for the worse.
0: Yeah. Sure. And so, now, it's more so like a 5.5. That's, like, almost a 27 to 3%, you know, like, anger. Like, you know, it makes you want to puke a little bit. So, no, like, historically, when you think about it, it's not bad still. Mm-hmm. But it's like, God... Dang it! <laughs> right, right. I, like, what
1: I could have did, uh-huh. right?
0: And it's like it's like the real version of hindsight is twenty twenty because you still have those conversations. Like, are those people, investors, people wanting to buy, mm-hmm. probably like two thousand twenty? And they're like, oh, it's a bad time. The market's going to crash.
2: Yep, they yeah. were wrong. Yeah, were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Two thousand twenty gave like probably an average of twenty percent in the wrong. Yeah, and yeah. last year too. I mean, homes are still appreciating. Right, mm-hmm. it's mind boggling to see. Because right. I, I look at the appraisals and I'm, I deal with you know some clientele that just throws stupid money out there in the form of guarantees and right. the appraisals come in low and it's like it, they don't even bat an eye, they're just paying it. Wow. So as long as you've got that kind of demand, it's going to keep the values up because that now becomes a comp and it establishes yeah. a new
1: yeah.
2: you know uh, level for what a house in that subdivision is going to go for. Right. And every time I think that things are going to straighten out, I get another one of these clients that's willing to pay stupid <laughs> money for the house that's not going to appraise. Right. So you feel like you're still having that often? I just had an appraisal. It's an Auburn Hills 650 purchase price came in at 557. Right. He didn't even blink an eye. Wow. Yeah. And he paid the difference. He's putting 30% down to start with. Okay. <laughs> So, realistically, now, right. in the frame of the the mortgage itself, it's like he's putting 20% down. Right. So, his terms don't change. He's not paying private mortgage insurance. The loan amount stays the same. The payment stays right. the same. It's just, I'm buying something for more than what it's actually considered worth. Right. But his comp will now help out everybody Every, yeah. in that one-mile-square radius mm-hmm. and... They just keep going. Exactly. I want to go back to
3: something you said about the buy-down. You said you don't like that. Can you explain that? I was thinking that in my head,
2: too. I'm Mm -hmm, like, we're going to come back to this. I don't believe in the buy-downs for this reason. I'm not going to say always. Rate sheets are constantly evolving, constantly changing, and Fannie and Freddie really dictate, ultimately, what the differences are. So you refer to something as a zero-point rate. Zero-point rate is the interest rate that's available for... Uh, let's just say a 740 FICO score, because that ultimately creates the best option for you plus Correct. down payment or equity position, okay? So buy downs ultimately are, you are paying a percentage of the amount that you are financing in fees. Mm-hmm. It is considered a you know prepaid interest, so it, it does become a tax deduction, but the bottom line is that you're creating a lower payment with a lower rate because you're paying more money to get that rate. Right. And there's going to be a definitive amount of time that you have to be in that mortgage for the amount of money that you paid. So example, let's just say you have a $100,000 loan and you're paying you know, 1% or 1 point right. on that loan to get your interest rate down by a quarter of a point. Right. I'm just using a common example. Right. So you're paying a thousand dollars to have this interest rate that's a quarter of a point lower. So whatever the zero point would have, rate would have been versus the interest rate that you just bought it down, there's a monthly payment difference. Mm-hmm. And you take that monthly payment difference, right. and you take that thousand dollars divided by that monthly payment. That's the amount of time that it takes you to recoup the money mm-hmm. for that lower rate. Right. Well, just theoretically, what if a year from now all of a sudden interest rates interest rates drop by a full point?
1: Right. Well, lost that money. <laughs> that money's you gone. Just pay, yeah, you're not you going to
2: stay in the mortgage despite spite yourself right. to make up for the cost that you paid to get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. You're taking that lower rate. Well, what if it drops by two points? Right. You know what I mean? What if it just drops by a half point? The bottom line is that Listen, you're buying an interest rate down that's already zero point in the twos with the idea that I'm staying in this house forever and you're going to realize that gain. Sure. Right. But I think statistically homeowners move every five to seven seven years. years, Refinance every three to five. Right. So unless you're dead set, I'm staying in this mortgage, I'm not leaving it. Right. Well, if you don't, you just wasted your money.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) It's kind of like insurance, though, to me. Sure. So you, you know what I'm saying? So I, I agree with everything that he just said. but right. I, I feel like it's a little bit like insurance, especially if you— if so I Just agree. in case it don't yeah. happen. Yeah. You right.
1: know what I mean? So—but um, I agree with you. So someone—say someone paid $2,000 to buy their rate down, mm-hmm. and let's say it brings the payment down $20. How many months would you have to stay there— Saving twenty dollars to equal two thousand, right? And that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. that would so make sense. stay there a hundred months. Yeah, so you got to make
3: up you, for. You, you need to talk to James or somebody that knows what they're doing, so that they can give you your right your schedule, so that you can see how long you need to be in there. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in that situation, probably I probably wouldn't do it. But
2: mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that there are opportunities out there, quite frankly, where it does make sense. Right. Um. I'm just one of those people. I've been doing it long enough. I've seen the market come, go, come, go. I just always think there's going to be a chance to be put in a better position.
3: Right. (laughs) Right. I I agree. I mean, I think it it mainly, when you get into the buyer's market, when you can have the seller paying for some of that is where it makes sense. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Then that definitely makes sense Mm -hmm. if the seller's paying for it. That's
3: what... um, Negotiating.
1: yeah. Right. But in this market, it's a strong sellers market for sure. So, how <laughs> long do you see? So, do you
3: think that we're headed anywhere near? Do you think within the near future, uh, Crystal Ball? We're all just right. Uh, we don't know, right? Just our opinion. And I want this is for everybody. Um, do we think that we're going to be anywhere? N- are we shifting towards a
2: buyer's market? I don't think so. I don't think so either. It's
1: just not enough inventory. It's still not enough inventory. Yep.
2: Yeah, the amount of sales they've done in the past two years, it, it didn't even put a dent yeah. mm-hmm. in the actual housing that we need.
1: Right. We don't have enough supplies, not enough new construction. We're not.
2: Me
3: and Janita argued about this yesterday. Yeah. Was a little yesterday? Bit. That was yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I said the same. I, I feel like we're not in anywhere near. I mean, so you want to tell your part or not right now?
0: I mean, it's up <laughs> to you, Master Guru. <laughs> Go ahead. No, okay. So this is my thing. Um, I watch the market. Shaka does not watch the market. And what I mean by that is I'm looking at the back end. I'm looking at closed sales transactions. I'm looking at the changes as far as like the days on the market. And I'm looking at the close sales. Were where, there concessions given? Um, how many days is the house stay on the market? Plus, where there concessions given? Um, like, do any of these things that we were traditionally seeing in the buyer's market, have they been surfacing again? And what I'm seeing right now is... Yes, we're still in this crazy market where right. people are you're getting seventeen offers per house, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh crazy app- appraisal guarantees. However, for like super regular properties, meaning like they don't they're not old properties that damn near look like new construction plus character with high-end finishes. Mm-hmm. Right. They're like the the more regular properties, you're probably seeing like now on average two to three offers. Mm-hmm. And then you're also seeing where the house were on the market longer. Mm-hmm. And then you're also still seeing where concessions were given. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's I'm just coming from a, a standpoint of like, I don't know. I do believe that we're softening and plateauing out and kind of just correcting. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, we could be coming back into more of a buyer's Mark, we so that far, first. we
1: so far. Hold on, hold on. on. Okay,
0: she on. I can't it. even complete. You see what i <laughs> Yo, feel oh, oh, no, I can't no. even get my conclusion <laughs> here. No, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And so this is still all our our opinions or whatever. But I do think that we're going, we're coming back into a space to where buyers are going to be able to re, I mean, negotiate more terms. Hold on. And one point <laughs> to that is because a lot of people are doing a lot less to get the job done now too. So like you have a lot more properties that are on the market that got old ass cabinets from the seventies, mm-hmm. old ass bathrooms from the seventies. I mean, the only thing that you the people are going in here and are doing is enough to get through the appraisal. So now they have to negotiate terms.
3: So uh, my rebuttal to that is, first of all, I definitely watch the, the market. I don't do what she does. So I, I got basic <laughs> indicators for me. Right. I don't need. So she dives a little bit deeper. I don't feel like I need to dive that deep right now. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what you're misconstruing. So, yes, you brought up the you. You basically made the point my point for me. Um, people got lazy. And they were able to put shit houses up and get the highest. You can't do that as, as uh, often anymore.
1: Right.
3: But as, if you go in you do a really good job or, of updating your house, you're going to get the highest value for it still.
1: In a short period of time. In a time. short period right. of time.
3: And you're going to still get a, a whole, because you're still, get, think about this. You may not be getting a lot of showings, I mean a, a lot of uh, offers, but you're getting a lot of uh, showings. You get what I'm saying, so that means people are still interested. They're just not interested in the shit. You know what I mean? They want they want uh, nice homes.
0: The shit's still selling. It is, yeah.
3: But that's why. why And and you also you're getting the
0: influx of bullshit. So, like, if go James, when you get home, tell your wife to log into her MLS. Mm -hmm. Get on there, and when you search whatever you work at, the most common, see how many houses are active. Mm-hmm. that have all the bells and the whistles versus how many houses that are active that do not.
1: Sure. But that ties back into a few things. So I I agree with you, but I just don't agree with the fact that we're going to a buyer's market because the demand is still outweighing the supply, yeah. right?
0: I said it was going to be tomorrow. But I said we're coming back.
1: Part, part of why people are not <laughs> fixing those homes like that is because of the issues with getting contractors in and getting it done in a timely manner. So you say, okay, instead of me doing a complete rehab, I'm going to do what's needed because this contractor can be in and out in three weeks versus waiting four weeks for the contractor and then another six weeks for the work to get done. I disagree. And then you're trying to look at how much (laughs) is it going to cost to put into it versus what I'm going to get out. Maybe I just do just enough to get it sold. Cause I'm trying to move and buy my next house. I don't want to be tied up with this property. Or they just lazy, and yeah.
3: they just trying to get. It you to judge- do with, I don't to think it has to do with
0: contractors. Term. I don't think it has to do with lazy. It's I think it has more it to do with the fact that they do not have to do it to get it sold.
1: So that's then, because it's a seller's but hold market. On, yeah. And then you're counter—that's counter. Okay. That's counter- I, what you're saying.
0: I, I didn't say it wasn't a seller's market. I never said we. You weren't just in
1: saying it. was headed back. I said we're going back. Yeah. And
0: and I think we got to get through a certain amount of softening. Before that happens, but I do see it coming back.
2: So I got a spin on this that y'all ain't thought about yet. (laughs) That's why you're here. (laughs) So I understand exactly what you're saying. You all actually have very good points. Right. But how hard has it been to get a 3% down conventional, a 5% down conventional? FHA, VA, good luck. Right. They don't want to look at it. Cash, conventional. Yeah. Now, your 5% down buyers, they're being looked at. Okay, they right. were thrown to the wayside before. Right. Now, your FHA deals that might need a little bit of help with concessions, right. you can go out to that listing that's been sitting there for two weeks that haven't, hasn't sold yet and negotiate with that agent. Right. That's the softening up part, per se. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that but i think there's been such an influx of buyers right. that quite frankly have tried as hard as they can for the past 2 years to get into a house getting absolutely destroyed yep. by better qualified offers right. and now those people have a fighting chance and that's going to be your next wave
1: wave yeah okay the second the second chance buyers mm-hmm. that's what we're going to call mm-hmm. them i like it the people that backed <laughs> out In 2021, they was like, 2020 is gonna crash, I'm gonna wait. Mm -hmm. 2021, they was like, oh, "Oh, we back in the game. Then it was like, (laughs) oh, we not back in the game, Mm -hmm. right? And then now they're like, oh, we stand a fighting chance, let's Mm -hmm. get back out there, team, right? (laughs) So that's the, like he said, next way, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about that. Mm
0: yeah I mean I think that they're all good points they're all opinions at the end of the day um, there's a lot of speculation as to what's happening in the market but one thing that I stand by particularly is that I think real estate is still good I think that we should still be buying I think that we should <laughs> still be investing Yeah. and I just don't see us coming into a t- you know a space to where but even the crazy thing is for me even during a recession people will ask me like oh what do you think about the market that was like the common question I'm like, what do you think about the market and I'm like shit i it's good.
1: What you mean? Yeah. I got I got one. So when um it was a few weeks back, I think it was um, Quicken or one of those companies. They laid off a bunch of their mm-hmm. employees, and one of my investors called because he's got two Oak Park properties he's working on, and he's like, "Man, is the market going?" And I'm like, "Dude, you still got eight buyers for every house mm-hmm. in Oak Park." And I told him most of those employees probably were hired on to handle the refinance boom. Yep. And since that the rates increase, they're no longer needed. Right. Are you seeing 100%. the same thing?
2: So anybody that has been heavily focused on refinance, right. like that oh button just went off, right? Because yeah. it's not there. I mean right. no one is refinancing to take out money or you might have the equity, but no one's giving away that golden rate in the two or the threes. Right. And Although I'd love to do it for my clients because they pay me to do it. Those types of situations, um, I'm referring them off to people that I know to do an equity line there for the home improvements. <clears throat> if they got debt they want to consolidate, right. that's a better way to do it. You don't mess with that primary mortgage. Right. So Quicken is heavily a refinance business. They always have. Right. I think you, uh, you, UWM as well. Yeah. Um. And listen, there's professionals, whether you work at a bank, a direct lender, a broker, there's good and bad and all of it. But I think a lot of the newer loan officers and some of the companies that always were highly focused on the refinance. Those are going to be the situations where you see a, a lot of people being cleared out. Right. Even Caliber. I mean, we're a highly focused purchase company, always have been. Right. And we've had people that we've laid off too, just not as large, not in the numbers as you would see of like a Quicken or a UWM.
1: Right. So explain explain real quick, because you said you will refer them to like a home equity line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they, let's say they, their balance is 200000 and now the home is worth $300,000. Mm-hmm. They have a hundred thousand in equity, but they brought this home years ago. Say rates were five or six percent then, Mm -hmm. and they come to you and they say, I have a hundred thousand dollars in equity. I want to refinance. I'm not too concerned with the rates because they're almost equivalent to what I have.
2: Yeah, and then you do but, that deal all day. Would never refer it out to an equity line because okay. now you've got it all in one locked loan, right. all, a locked all-in-one all loan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they but I I mean, mean, they've been living under a rock a for two ago, ago, years. years if they're but that person. But. The
1: point I'm making is that um, even though the rates went up, there's still people that will still refinance, sure. and it's beneficial because of the amount of equity they have. But well, that's what he's saying. But, yeah, but well, that's
3: where the equity. Well, it depends on what your interest rate is, because then right. you wouldn't go with the the refinance, the cash out. I mean, you wouldn't go. Yeah, you wouldn't go with the cash out. You would go with the equity line of credit.
2: Precisely. Right. Yeah, there's definitely opportunities out there where somebody doesn't have the most favorable rate, they do have a lot of equity, Right. and doing the refinance all-in-one loan makes all the sense in the world. Right. I'm talking strictly like especially if you're taking out like a huge equity line because mm-hmm. typically they're based on prime which is what the government keeps increasing every time the feds meet right um they're adjustable on a month month basis okay. most of them cap out around 14% so like you don't want to be stuck with a $100,000 balance right. at a 14% rate either right um but, you know, if you're cleaning up credit card debt or doing home improvements and you just don't want to go into your investments or whatever the case is, I still think that's by far right. the best way to get those funds in your hands without having to affect the, the golden pro, you know, primary mortgage that you don't want to mess with.
3: You only Cruel. pay on what you're using. That's the other thing. Bango, bango. Right. Yeah, yep. yep,
2: exactly. And with those equity lines, they're efficient too because, you know, just in case, whatever, if restrictions go up, kind of like in 2008, 2009. Right. Um, like I have an equity line. I right. use it for the purpose of having it for emergency funds because it still is a tax deduction. The interest is. And right. it's like one of those things I'd rather have it than yeah. not. So there's still a lot of usage to it per se. Okay. Um, but yeah, with the equity lines, I, it's like one of those things, depending on your income and how comfortable you are with the flexibility, what that payment's going to be type deal. Okay. You you, you want to do that for, you know, probably more more of a minimal balance thing. Okay. Not to mention, most of them, there's no cost basis. They don't charge you for appraisal, title, anything like that. Most of the lenders will have some kind of a prepayment penalty, but nothing like the days of old, 400 bucks to close the account early within the first 10 years or something like that. But when you get, I mean, appraisals nowadays, good luck finding somebody that's going to do it for less than 600 bucks. Right. Because, I mean, they're almost a commodity in their own right. <laughs> Y'all know what it's right. like trying to order yeah. an appraisal. And it's like, all right, when's
1: it coming in? Right. Yeah. <laughs> when are they coming out? Yeah. When right. are they calling? <laughs> yeah. Right. That's exactly. Jeez. Like, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's one of the things when it comes to refinancing. Um, A lot of times you have loan reps that are just doing a loan, and then you have some loan reps that kind of lay it out for you. Like, this is what this looks like compared to this versus, hey, yeah, we'll do it. And if Mm -hmm. they do that,
3: you got a bad real estate professional. Right.
0: (laughs) I mean, like, but even on the sales, though, right now, some people, I've gotten a couple calls, and it's like, we're ready to listen. We just bought, uh, I got a call from the people in Piedmont. And I was like, how much do you want to pay? Because right. she was saying that, you know, like things went up. And I'm like, girl, you better keep Stater. that heart. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Right.
2: Like
0: even even with that, you know, I think we were talking about that earlier today. Like, you know, she was almost cheaper to keep her, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And my parents are going through that right now. So my parents bought in two thousand. No, not two thousand ninety six. Yeah, nineteen ninety six. I knew anything about. This. Yeah,
1: I was in real estate. Man.
2: So they've got a nineteen ninety six build, thirty nine hundred square foot colonial in Shelby Township. Oh, shit. and listen, Eight three boys. We're right. all grown. Everybody stayed right. out of jail. Pays their bills.
1: <laughs> you know, like we didn't
2: mom know. and dad yeah. raised us right. So all married, all with kids, right. and now they're the empty nesters. Mm-hmm. Uh, They got this big giant home that my mom doesn't want to take care of anymore. Right. But the catch is, like, unless they do significant improvements, master bathroom, kitchen, Mm. clean up the mess that my father's basement is with all the boxes, (laughs) all that stuff, Right. it's like for them to go out and buy a 2,000 square foot ranch, new construction, it's like they're... I'm trading a 4,000 square foot home for a 2,000 square foot home for triple the taxes and yep. a much higher interest rate and basically a comparable purchase price and payment. Right. So it's like, yep. what do you do?
0: Cash something and <laughs> well, They let us have buy a lot it. Of,
2: they, yeah, put, they, they have a lot of equity, right? And <laughs> yeah. they like
3: They and then, do. No, oh, they got a lot of equity, so they might can sell it and then just pay cash for the house.
1: Yeah. It. yeah, yeah. If like, you downsizing, so, I get it. So, their their home is worth this without any upgrades. They'll spend probably equal or more for a new home, but a smaller home. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, why sell something bigger for something smaller? Mm-hmm. Precisely. No Pay cash
0: for a condo and then let us investors move that stuff out the basement <laughs> yeah. and I'll buy
1: it.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. All right, James. Um, Anything that you want to leave us with?
2: This has Tons. been awesome and fun. Um, I I don't know, like that. I have any worldly wisdom okay. per se. I mean, I wish I had something yeah. that was like, "Oh, that was great." But I just I think that anybody that you know grinds and you know keeps putting in a hundred percent effort. It's it's not going to be as easy. Right. But the business is out there. Right. Um, it's definitely out there. I think that with this market, and it's nothing negative. I don't work. I don't wish you know any anything negative on anyone. But there's going to be loan officers and agents that, yeah. quite frankly, they're not going to make it. And I, once again, no ill will, but. I'd be lying if it doesn't put a little bit of a smile on my face because I don't want to deal with the guy that's been answering the phone and, you know, barking out a rate with nothing else to give in value to a client that I have to compete with on a day-to-day basis. So this is a time where the really high-end professionals get market share. Right. Mm-hmm. And some of the people aren't going to make it. And God bless, they just ain't going to make it. But they're going to go yeah. back to
3: work.
1: So, we, yeah. so inflation gonna go down. But that's a gem before we wrap up. That's a gem right there for the um, consumers out there. Mm-hmm. Some of the people you're dealing with, they may seem professional, but they're not tested. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to really vet who you're working with, the real estate professionals you're working with to see if they're really a good professional. Not Because you can end up with somebody that just so happened to answer the phone that mm-hmm. day, good rate, and they start the deal, and it ends up being the worst decision you ever made. So oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah. It's not always just about rate and cost. I do think those things obviously are important, but, I mean, Warren Buffett said it best, uh, price is what you pay, value is what you get. And yep. when you're working with a veteran, well, whether it's a real estate agent or a loan officer, right. that level of expertise that you get... Because it doesn't matter how clean your profile is, Mm -hmm. how perfect you think your situation is, something could pop up. And if you're not working with someone that knows how to, you know, pivot, fix that, it's the difference between that was the most God-awful experience (laughs) I went through or I didn't get the house to, man, that was really easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And there's something to say about that.
0: Definitely. Okay. James, where do we find you?
2: Uh, meaning
0: like social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. So I just LinkedIn. hired a
2: marketing company. I got Facebook. <laughs> I'm not really too hip on that stuff. If I'm, if I'm being honest, my wife's kind of taught me how to work all that. All right. <laughs> um. But yeah, James. James Taveggia, T A V E G G I A. I'm on Facebook. I have a Caliber web page. I have a review page. I have an Instagram account. I haven't even seen yet. (laughs) The marketing team is working on that for me. Um, But five eight six seven two two eighty eight hundred. Call me. Let's chat. All right.
0: Okay. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.